The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. Lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was tormented, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, but Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And Abraham said, if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So there you are, sitting on the grass with 5,000 others, and you're holding a half a loaf of bread in your hand. You can't eat another bite. You are absolutely, completely satisfied. You are full. So you're thinking about what to do with this half a loaf of bread that you still have left, and so you decide that maybe I'll just put it in the backpack and save it for the journey home. Maybe I'll get a little hungry. Probably not. I'm already so full. I'll probably just use it maybe as a momentum for this day. After all, the multiplication of the loaves and the fish is probably one of going to be the most talked about day in human history. Think of what you can get on eBay with this thing. As you're holding this half a loaf of bread, one of the apostles comes by and plucks it out of your hand and puts it in the wicker basket and says, sorry, no doggy bags today. Why? What does, God want, what does Jesus want with the crumbs? Why is he gathering all the food? Because it's not about taking. It's about giving. Yeah, God gives us an abundance. But the reason why he gives us an abundance when we have so much extra is so that we will be able to give. So the question is, is why does God like the crumbs? What is he collecting the crumbs for? God likes the crumbs because with the crumbs you can do a lot. 
Look at the gospel today, and there's this rich man who eats sumptuously every day, and he has these fine linens. Then he dies, and he ends up in torment. And of course, it's a sad story. It's a sad ending. And so we're looking at this story, and we, of course, we're thinking to ourselves, when we read the stories, how can, this, can I, how can I prevent that from happening? What did this rich guy, what could he have done to stop this from happening? And you think, well, maybe he should have uh, mortgaged his house. Maybe he should have sold his stock options. Maybe perhaps he should just sell all of his clothes. No, he didn't have to do any of that. And the reason why is because all the poor man wanted, all he wanted was a few scraps that fell from the rich man's table. You know, if the rich man were able to come back here and give the homily, he'd probably say this. It doesn't take much to get to heaven. It doesn't take much to make a difference in somebody's life. It doesn't take much. What do you do with the crumbs that fall from your table? You know, I like fishing in the fall, especially in October, out here in Boston Harbor, because all the stripers are about to migrate south. But before they go, they like to gorge themselves with a lot of food for the journey. So, uh, so if you're in the right place at the right time, it can be fabulous. So one year I went out there in an October afternoon, I had a couple of hours off, and I put my waders on and I walked to the shoreline, and <laughs> there was a feeding frenzy right in front of us. There was stripers everywhere. So the first thing I did is I called my friend, who also likes to fly fish. Uh, he lives right down the street. I knew he would appreciate this phone call, which he did. So he came and joined me, and the two of us were immediately had fish on. And I, was, I had a pretty nice fish. And I was fighting, and I got a little too excited, and I put a little bit too much pressure, and I snapped my fly off. So I go to, to tie a new fly on. I go to reach in my, my fly box to get my fly box out of the vest, and... I left it at home. I had no flies. That was the last fly I had. Well, here's the good news. My friend, who I just invited to join me, <laughs> happens to be a fly tire. In fact, he's internationally known. And so I knew he had flies. Anyway, he said to me, he said, what's the matter? I says, I-, I forgot my flies. He says, get over here. So he opened up his fly box, and it was so jammed with flies that one of them popped out and fell on the ground. So I went to pick it up for him, and he said, take it. Just keep it. <laughs> so I looked at it, and it was, the feathers were mangled. There was dried seaweed all stuck on it. It was mangy looking. <laughs> I tied that thing on really tight this time, and I had a really good day. Now, if you ask my friend, what did he do that day that was, uh, that was significant, that he did that, something great, he probably would... He wouldn't, of course he wouldn't tell you that he gave me one of his junky flies. <laughs> He'd probably tell you that he tied a nice collection of flies and went to the post office and paid some bills. But if you rephrase the question, if you rephrased it and said, what did you do with the scraps that fell from your table? He would have said, he would have said I gave him this crummy old fly that I probably wouldn't use again. And he had one of the best fishing days of his life. You can do a lot with a little. You can do a lot with the crumbs. You can make a difference. That's why God likes crumbs. It's why he collects them. 
So Dad and I went on vacation. We like to go sometimes after dinner. We go to the ice cream, one of those homemade ice cream places. So this one year we went to an ice cream place and we both got small sundaes. And it was small. We got like a little three-ounce Dixie cup with a thimble full of ice cream and a little teeny squirt of whipped cream. So the next year, we went to the ice, when it went to an ice cream shop, I was looking at the Sundays, the prices, and the small was $4, but the large was only $4.30. So I said to Dad, Dad, let's get the large. It's only 30 cents more. So we got the large. When we got, so when we got the, when I got our Sundays, we got, it was, a, it was in a bucket. It was full of ice cream. What were they thinking? What do they want to kill us with heart disease? <laughs> so we, we couldn't eat it. It was way too much. And that's what God does. When God gives us, He always talks about giving in abundance. Lots. What does abundance mean? It means that we get more than we need. Why does God give us abundance more that we need? So we'll have extra to be able to offer to others. Because it doesn't take much. God wants us to be like him. But in order to be like him, we've got to be generous. We've got to be giving. That's why God gave the rich man so much. It's okay to have much. God gives us an abundance. But it's not just about taking. It's about having the opportunity to give and make a difference. 